0: How about let's all declare three times praise the Lord together. Praise Praise the the Lord. Lord. Praise the the Lord. Lord. Praise Praise the Lord. Lord. Isn't this glorious? It's hard to believe that uh, you know, even just ten short years ago uh, there was hardly anything. There was hardly anything. And even, I would say, maybe even seven years ago there was hardly anything. That... uh, compared to, you know, what we are hearing and seeing this morning. And uh, surely the Lord has done a wonderful work among us, uh, in spite of us, and uh, uh, is glorious in our eyes. And this morning we do want to give glory to God. Amen. Unto Him be glory in the church. Um, surely many, maybe many would like to even respond Uh, you know, to this, uh, what was shown, uh, but we'll keep it to, you know, toward the latter part of this meeting. And, uh, you know, we had uh, started a conference, a three-session conference from this past Friday night, and uh, in Boston, and last night in Cambridge, and this morning here. Um, Because of the uh, constraint of time, uh, really, I'll do my best to finish my speaking by 20 off, because I know And I do hope that would be many saints can respond uh, because we need your response uh, to confirm uh, what the Lord's burden is, uh, what he is doing, and what he wants to do. And this, uh, uh, the uh, uh, overall subject of this conference is on our cooperation with God in his move. And um, <clears throat> I believe this burden is a, uh, uh, a burden from the Lord to meet his present need here, particularly in uh, the greater Boston area. Uh, as you see uh, that even from this presentation, uh, so much is happening, uh, it's so encouraging, but let me tell you, this is just the beginning. We have not even seen yet the glory to come. Right. what has been uh, uh, what has been uh, you know been locked up in the Triune God uh, for this area uh, that he is like a dam uh, holding back this massive body of water and is waiting to break loose. and it all depends on what kind of opening what kind of cooperation we allow him. A big dam of water can only flow as big as, as fast as, as much as that pipe, that opening we afford him. So the triune God has much he has, he wants to do. As expressed particularly when Brother Lee visited this area uh, in 1977, after seeing uh, what the Lord had done in the Boston area in those uh, first four years since the migration came here in in 1973, so many college students were gained, the church life multiplied by folds in just a few years. And he saw there's so many young lives, young college age uh, students need to be gained by the Lord and need to be trained, perfected by him, and eventually, with the with the goal, with the view, to be sent out to Europe, to Italy, to France, to Germany, to UK, and ultimately to reach Israel. That was his vision in 1977. And at that time, he called, he sounded a call for young people along the, in the churches along the East Coast to come and join him for their training here in 77. At that time, I was a young brother, a student uh, in Washington, D.C., along with about at least 300 others. We moved up to this area. I drove up to this parking lot, to this lot right here, and there was construction going on at that time. I think it was still, it's not for this building. It's for this renovating, that big house at that time. And then, uh, oh, they were just, you know, saints, young brothers, uh, sisters coming up to this area, and... uh, uh, there was much expectation, uh, what the Lord wants to do in this area, and that was the dream Brotherly had, and I believe that was also God's dream. That was God's burden, uh, but of course we know that uh, shortly within uh, even a, within a year's time, the enemy came in and stirred up a kind of uh, rebellion, a kind of dissension, and causing from 1978 on. The whole, this whole burden of the training, this whole burden of uh, uh, gaining the college students to be all together put to a stop, and even there was a piece of land, not here, but across the street, up on this same street, a piece of land, 14 acres, were purchased, uh, ready to build this training center. Brotherly had in view, the whole thing was scrapped because of man's limitation. We saw man can actually limit a triune God. Man can actually limit God. God in himself is omnipotent, is unlimited, yet he can be limited by man, right? I mean, this is a very sobering thought that uh, don't think that God can do anything that he wish, that he wants. No, it all depends on how far you allow him, right? Whether you would give him the unhindered way or you would stand in the way to delay him, to frustrate him. Well, from 1978, all, you know, passing very fast, 30 years. It's a year of winter. It's a year of dormancy. That nearly in those 30 years, nothing grew. Nothing could, the Lord had, nothing could, 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 uh, uh, could grow. Everything was in stagnation, and there was uh, discord. There was disharmony even among churches, among the saints. There was just in a state of devastation. Saints, <clears throat> when Brotherly saw this vision, had this dream for this area, that was the dream of the triune God. God has much interest in this area, not for Boston, but for his move, even to Europe and ultimately to reach Israel and to welcome, to bring bring back his return. The significance of this area is not small. It's not just another city. It's a place where, as our brother envisioned, as a launching ground for, he, for him to gain many young vessels to be trained, perfected, to be sent over abroad, and ultimately to reach Israel. This is already 37 years ago, and 30, 30 years of which have been blocked frustrated by man, by the enemy, through uh, human beings, has been frustrated him to the uttermost. But thank the Lord, our triune God cannot be stopped. Man can delay him. Man can somewhat, you know, take them detours. But eventually, God, he is still the victor. right? He will have his way sooner or later that he will break through. And beginning from... Just uh, uh, about the end of 2007, the Lord began to restore the fellowship with the co workers. And then through that, the churches, the fellowship of the churches here uh, was restored, and the Wonder Court was brought in. And believe it or not, even just uh, four years after, or two, three or four years after that restoration of the fellowship and the oneness among the churches. The full-time training came, and it's unbelievable what, uh, 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 how that happened, uh, how the Lord uh, brought in uh, even the full-time training as brotherly and vision uh, thirty-seven years ago, and it's actually happening here. Although He is not here, He already gone to be with the Lord, but the burden is here because this is not His burden. This is the burden of the Triune God. Can you imagine? You know, the first group we had. Uh, I think 25, the first group of trainees uh, uh, came. And then this term, we had another uh, 27 totaling, actually this term, 36 full-time trainees, the highest uh, attending the third year training. And also this year, marked the first year that we have not only the trainees here, but the completion of this building there at 1299. And everything is in place, right? I mean, Brother Lee is not here. person. person but the vision of the triune God is being realized. And even in these last couple of years, two years, the church in Rome was raised up. And in the March this year, the table was re- re- uh, reestablished in Jerusalem. There's a church, a golden lampstand in Jerusalem. And we held a prayer meeting in the Garden of Gethsemane. That was Brother Lee's dream, that he would just would be praying In the Garden of Gethsemane, you know they, you know they were. uh, uh, I got the privilege to go during that time, and we were just there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the saints were just praying, praying, praying for the Lord's coming back. It was, it was very touching. And what I'm saying is that brothers and sisters, that dream our brother Lee dreamed of in '77, is actually played out and is fulfilled right before our eyes. Everything is in, pl- is in place. What's next, right? I mean, this is not finished. By, by no means the work is finished. All, everything there is, uh, is uh, uh, positive and is uh, encouraging, but there is so much more uh, the Lord wants to do, Amen. wants to carry out. I mentioned last night, you know, with this one of cooperating with God, the first thing we need to realize that we are, what God is, is seeking and looking after, looking for, is not mighty men. is not spiritual men. is not powerful machines. What he is looking for is an open channel. Amen. It's a channel that is wide open to him. The triune God is like holy flame, the divine flame. He is looking for that thorn bushes, vile, useless, base, despised, useless, but available to him. Allow him. Don't look at yourself and saying, oh, I cannot do much, I don't know that much, and so forth. Saints, if you are a thorn bush, fully available, open to him, to allow the tri-God as the divine flame to sit upon you, to be one with you, he burns, but not with you as the fuel, but with himself. But he needs a seat, he needs a carrier to hold that divine flame. So what the Lord has been seeking all these years is an open channel, an open vessel to be one, to be one with him, to cooperate to, to with him, so that he can move unhinderedly, unrestrictedly, to do what he pleases. And we are living in a, in a very special time. And uh, I mentioned yesterday also, is very significant in 1520s, that's when the Reformation began with Martin Luther, in the 1620s, um, the, uh, 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 God raised up many inner life people, inner life believers seeking uh, deeper truths, deeper experience of the Lord. And as a result of the reaction toward, uh, you know, the outcome of the Reformation movement, but then also in 1720, corporately on the corporate side, God raised up these seeking ones to practice the church life in Bohemia, the so-called the Moravian Brothers. And then another hundred years later, 1820, the, in Britain, there, was the, there were the British brethren raised up by the Lord to recover much of the divine truth. Uh, and then in 1920, how God came to visit China and raised up this young man, Watchman Nee. And through him, the Lord's recovery among us uh, was being uh, brought forth and then together with his co-worker, uh, Brother Lee, and to bring his recovery from China and to uh, uh, to the U.S. and from here to all the rest of the continents of the world. That's in 1920. And the Lord did this. It seems that, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a coincidence or what, every 100 year around the 20s or so, uh, something great was happening in God's move. Well, um, I've been uh, uh, you know, Telling the saints, I think we we all have this same registration. The Lord's coming is very close. We are living at the end of this age. What will happen in 2020, maybe 2030, um, could very possible, the Lord will come back in a very short time. Maybe another 20, 30 years. Is looking at the world situation, looking at the situation in Israel. The nation of Israel was formed in 1948. The city of Jerusalem was returned in 1967. All these have been fulfilled. When Brother Lee heard that uh, 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 that news, right, uh, in at the return of the city to uh, uh, Jerusalem back to Israel, he just got off his bed. He was on. His, he was ill. He got of his bed. He knelt, knelt down and prayed, and thank the Lord because all these are very significant events that happen in history. uh just unfurling before us, God is moving forward. And time, the clock is ticking, and uh, there is an urgency. I even feel this, uh, even through this visit this time, there is a real urgency within the heart of the triune God. On the one hand, dear brothers and sisters, what a blessing that you are here. I likened uh, to the return of the children of Israel uh, back to, is- uh, back to the, the, the proper ground from captivity but it's not good enough to be just come back to the ground. You have to realize why you are here. Probably maybe 50% of the ones in this room have been brought here, have come from outside of this area. Maybe especially in the last six or seven years, many, especially the young adults, have moved into this area. I've been speaking this every session. I'd like to say this again to remind you brothers and sisters, especially many young, young, young couples, young family, young single ones, you are here. You are blown here by the Triune God. Amen. And you are here for a cause. You're not here just to have, oh, uh, raise your family, to have a good uh, career, you can attend to the, these top institutions, uh, to get the greatest education, to be somebody, to be the Nobel laureate. You are here. You have been brought back by the Triune God to this ground of oneness to build a temple, to build up the city, to raise up the nation. In that day, with the children of to raise up the children of is, the nation of Israel. Today, God's testimony here has to be raised up. This is our cause. Our cause even is not even just to gain college students only. Our cause is to raise a prevailing, shining. Testimony of Jesus. In the city of Boston, in this whole area, the Lord's, this is not only an area of God's interest, this is also an enemy, this is an area of the enemy's intense fighting. Intense struggle. For the last 30, 30 some years, there has been intense struggle, intense uh, of war between God and Satan. And in between is man's will. Where is man's will? Are you siding with God? Are you opening your, heart, your being to God? Or are you standing with Satan, going along with the stream, going along with the, flow, the current of the age, and let Satan take the upper side? Or do we exercise our will to open and to stand with God to give him an unhindered way? So brothers and sisters, This is just my burden. I'm very burdened about this matter. That we all would know why we are here. There is a cause for our being here. And I know the Lord even, you know, of course I'm presently not living here. But I know in 77 when I came up here. And I believe not only me myself. But many dear brothers and sisters came up at that time. We all knew why we came up here. We were not, we have not forgotten Brother Paul was at the same, same time, came up, and, uh, and a number of others. Brother Dave Becker was uh, also at the same time. And we came up. We knew our cause. I was not here for an education. I was not here for my spirituality. I was here because I knew God had a dream. And there is a cause for my being here. And so much has happened in these last 30-some years. And praise the Lord for the opening for the what the Lord had done, opening a way for the fellowship and to restore uh, this present wonderful situation. We are back to Jerusalem, but there is still the need of the building up, the building up of God's testimony. Last night I did talk about uh, a few points uh, because many of you were not able to be with us. I still like to emphasize a few points that Brother Lee reminded us in the in the training of the God-ordained way, the vital groups, we have to realize our habitual enemies. Many are three. One is deadness. Second is lukewarmness. And third, barrenness. Bear in mind, we have to keep always in mind these three things are our habitual enemies. That means it's, it's, uh, it's not a kind of a sudden attack of an enemy. It's habitual before, if we are not exercised, if we are not on the alert, this kind of uh, 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 these enemies, deadness creeps in, lukewarmness creeps in, barrenness just becomes the norm, right? I mean, I mean, in those earlier days when we came up, we were very conscious of our cause here, that the Lord must gain the young people of this generation, so that they can be trained and be sent out for God's purpose. But gradually, gradually, that, uh, you know, when we are not so much in the exercise, that we, slide, we, we just slid into a kind of a, a habit. A habit of deadness, a habit of uh, 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 lukewarmness, a habit of barrenness, and not even feeling anything wrong about it. So we need to be alerted, we need to be awakened. These are our habitual enemies that we need to be constantly fighting. Fight against deadness. God hates deadness. And we have to also I hate deadness. I hate lukewarmness. I hate barrenness. The Lord bring me all the way here not to be lukewarm. Right? We paid the price to come here not to be dead. The Lord has paid brought did so much to bring us here not to be barren. Look, there's so much fruits to be born. But as I said, this is only the beginning, brothers and sisters. There's yet much more. Before us, the Lord lay before us. He wants to do. So, we need to fight all the time. May the Lord restore within us this fighting spirit. Fighting against deadness, against lukewarmness, against barrenness. By, I mentioned that also positively in our exercise, we need to exercise our spirit to daily, to exercise our spirit to... uh, to, to live a God-man life, exercising ourselves unto godliness, by living in our spirit, you know to follow the spirit, to be led by the spirit, to live a life in the spirit. To be living is not just merely to be active. To be living is full of the consciousness of the spirit all the time. The spirit may lead you to talk to someone sitting next to you, to visit somebody, a, a, a backslidden one. You follow the spirit. The spirit is living within us. He is not he is not uh, 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 he is not uh, in a, a, a uh, 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 without feelings he is just he is not just kind of following a routine he is living he is full of consciousness we have to as we live in the spirit as we exercise to live a life in the spirit we will be led by the spirit you know in our singing in our praying in the, to utter uh, a word of prophecy we all have to do this in the spirit and our Lord's Day morning, coming to the prophesy meeting, this should not be a, a routine prophesying meeting. We came with the full of the sensitivity of the Spirit. The, the Spirit leads you, right? What to say, how much to say. And then not only that, we need to be burning in spirit. We need to learn to release the Spirit. We, on the one hand, we exercise the Spirit. On the other hand, we need to release the Spirit. Hold back the Spirit. Romans 12 11 says, "Be bur- not, not to be slothful in zeal, but be burning in spirit, serving the Lord. The Lord as the divine flame needs to visit us again and again to burn us. His desire is to cast fire on this earth, that they will be burned. The whole area of Boston needs to be put on fire. God wants to be mingled with us. God wants to become one with us like a fireball. right? But not using us as the fuel, if you allow him to open to him, he will burn this whole area. And uh, we need to release him, right? When we come together, it's not for formality, it's not for routine, right? We, our desire, when the saints come together, meetings, small meetings, there should be a fire burning in our spirit. Amen. Oh, you know, it, we don't prophesy in a routine way, oh, this is a thing to do these days. No, we came together, you know, don't don't wait till the appointed time. And then start a meeting because your fire, it begins to burn in you. Even on your way here, you begin to pray. You are praising the Lord. You don't wait till the prophesying time to speak. You know, this is a way for, you know, the, the, in, the, in the regimented way. You're, you are filled with the word, filled with the spirit. You just want to flow out. You want to let him burst out of you. Yeah. This is normal. This is healthy. This is what the Lord wants to see. We hate deadness. We hate lukewarmness. And we hate barrenness. The Lord wants to see us bring much fruit in this area. I really hope so many households the Lord brought to this area, you will be formed, You, with the Lord will touch you to come together by twos and threes, many little small groups. I remember when I came up in 77 in this area, because so many things, they were just distributed everywhere, all the way from, from this end of Boston, to all the way to Amherst, to the west end of uh, uh, Massachusetts, little homes by twos and threes saints just come together to be just small little vital groups but full of fire full of burden mm-hmm. and now in these days the lord has even given us the provision of full timers for teams don't let them don't let the full timers take your place just the full timers are here doing a wonderful job doesn't mean that your your job is over no we need you as the homes we need you as all the you know, we all have to bear fruit. The bearing of fruit is not the, not the responsibility of full-timers and trainees. Bearing of fruit is all our responsibilities. We need to work together. If there are two households, work together, being burdened, move to a place next to a campus, maybe invite a full-timer to, to participate with you and then work together to be a bridge, to bring in some contacts. Then you, you, you in the little two or three the little, little home begin to shepherd, begin to restore. How about 50, 60 such homes here in the greater Boston area? Yeah. It's not too much to ask for. If there are 400 saints in this area, right? Your four or six can beat even, even that, 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 should be, that should be a lot. Just be the little, small, vital groups. Yeah. And to allow the triune God to move. Well, we need to cooperate with the triune God for his move, to be properly aggressive, don't let deadness, lukewarmness, and buried, barrenness to eat up, eat up your time, eat up your energy, eat up your cause. We have come too far to go that way. And finally, I I want to conclude. You know our uh, this conference, in this third message, which is also very crucial. If in cooperation with God, ultimately. Seeing that we are vessels, God is looking for these open vessels and needing our, as we know how critical a time and place that we are in, and we need to be properly aggressive, the ultimate need right now at this point is for us to cooperate with God by engaging in the work of prayer, to release the prayer of the age. This is I feel this is our uh, urgent need at this particular point. Even seeing uh, all this that we have spoken thus far, what do we do? What should our, our response be? Our response should not be just, oh, I'm going to do something. I'm going to arrange something. No. Our response should be, I pray. I need to engage in the work of prayer to release the prayer of the age. Let me uh, quickly go over this outline here. God works according to certain laws and principles. One main principle of God's work is the need of man's prayer. Similar to what we covered in the first meeting, that man can be God's limitation. But God is willing to be limited by man. Although he has much he wants to do, but the Bible shows us he needs man to pray. If man does not pray, he would rather wait. He would rather not work until man is ready. This is a principle very clearly laid out for us in the Bible. We don't understand why God would, God would choose that way. This almighty, omnipotent God, he's, you know, he says, and it was, he ordered, and it stood. Now, who would who who stand in his way? Yet in Isaiah 6, 8, he would say, Whom? Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? How can the triune God? You need somebody, you need, you need someone to send. You just do it. You snap your finger, and there it is. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned also, even this, I think this is a really outstanding uh, example about, you know, God has to send. Uh, the angel to visit Cornelius, who was a devout man, and uh, uh, the angel came to visit Cornelius to ask him to go to fetch for Peter, right? So that Peter can come to him to preach the gospel, bring salvation to him. Why wouldn't God just preach the, have the angel preach the gospel directly to him? And that's it, right? Why do you have to bother Peter? Peter, Peter was doing his old concept, Right? Fighting about this Jewish, you know, Gentiles, and all this clean animals, unclean animals. That God had to deal with all this, uh, you know, send down the vision of the, all the unclean animals, had to, you know, have to break through his concepts. But yet, God still would be rather limited by that. To go through those uh, uh, steps to get Peter to go to Cornelius to bring salvation to their household. Because God's principle of his work is that he needs man's cooperation. The angels are not qualified to preach the gospel. Only man is qualified. Man, only man has the privilege to preach the gospel. And man, God would rather be delayed, be, be uh, uh, troubled by all the things needed, but he, he follows that rule. He follows that law. This is a great thing. You know, in, uh, I, I still like to, uh, you know, these three verses here. Um, in uh, Ezekiel, Um, 36, 37, which says, Thus says the Lord Jehovah, Moreover for this I will be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. Jehovah has a desire to increase men like a flock with the children of Israel, yet he says, I will be inquired of by the house of Israel. He wants the house of Israel to ask him about it. This was something already in his heart, but he desires that his people will ask him about it. Then in Isaiah, Isaiah 62, uh, verse 6, Upon your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen all day and all night. They will never keep silent. You who remind Jehovah, do not be dumb. And do not give him quiet until he establishes and until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Isn't it on God's heart he wants to make Jerusalem a praise on the earth? Doesn't he know this? Doesn't he want this? Why would he just do it? But instead he says that he set up what? You, you who remind Jehovah. Does Jehovah need your reminding? I need reminding. You need reminding. But does God need reminding? You think God forgets? But Jehovah says, you who remind Jehovah, right? Do not be dumb. Don't be quiet. Keep reminding Jehovah as if he forgets. He has not forgotten, but he wants our response. He wants our echo. He wants our confirmation. That is to remind him he has not forgotten, but he needs to be for, he wants to be minded before he can work, before he will make Jerusalem a praise on the earth. I tell you, Jehovah desires to fill all the churches here in Boston area with flocks of men, but we need to inquire of him. We cannot be silent. We need to remind him of what is on his heart, and then in Matthew eighteen, many are familiar. Uh, in these verses, that uh, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on the earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on the earth shall have been loosed in heaven. I would really appreciate this, uh, shall shall have been. You know, before, because the other translation, it says, you know, uh, uh, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in the heavens. It seems that the earth binds first, and then the heaven binds afterwards. But the the actual, the uh, uh, trans, the original, the, trans, the, uh, the in the language, is that we bind on earth what has been bound in heavens. On God's side, it has been bound already, but the execution of that binding is not until we bind. We don't ever bind anything that the heaven has not bound. We can only bind that what the heavens has already bound. But then through our binding, we execute what the heavens has bound. And we release on the earth what has been released in the heavens. This is the principle, key principle that uh, we need to pick up. God needs man's prayer. All spiritual work involves four steps. A, God, God intending to do something. Number one. And B, God revealing his will to his children through the Spirit. And thirdly, C, God's children returning his will back to him through prayer. And D, fourth step, God accomplishing his will. It starts out with what God wanted to do. Then follows by his revealing what he wants to do to us. Then the third step is most crucial. After you have been revealed what he wants to do, is that you need to return. You need to return in prayer. That is like an echoing. God says, I want to save this one. And then you say, yes, Lord, you want to save this one. Save this one. You are returning that prayer back to him. And then God will do it. This is exactly what John 15 says, that uh, God, as you abide in me, my word abides in you. Then you shall ask, right, what you you will, then I will do it for you. As you abide in the Lord, the Lord's word abides in you. Meaning that he reveals through his word what he wants to do. Then you ask. Your asking is based on what his word reveals to you. Every genuine prayer originates from God. No one can originate the prayer out of ourselves. Any prayer that is from ourselves is not the genuine prayer. All genuine prayer originates from God, and all we do is that after that desire of God is revealed to us, we echo back. We return it back to Him, then He will do it for us. Hence, prayer is a work. Prayer is a speaking force of God's will, and the accomplishment of God's will. Prayer enabling God to do what he wants to do. Man cannot ask God to do what he does not want to do, yet we can delay what he, want, what he does want to do. There is much spiritual work to be done, but God is waiting for his children to respond through prayer. Prayer, we know, has the side of fellowship. Through prayer, we communicate, we commune with God, we enjoy God, we absorb God. It's true. But this morning, we are talking about God's move. How do we cooperate with God's move? Here, we are touching this, this matter called the work, the prayer as a work. The work that moves with God, that allows God to have unhindered way. The uh, um, <clears throat> I think in the training, this week with the trainees, I mentioned about this this uh, basic, simple, yet very critical experience in our Christian life is for us to realize there is such a thing called active-passive. You know, we are familiar with being active. That means we are active, we are very busy doing things. And then if there's a passive side, then we don't do anything, just let God do everything, we just sit and wait. But if you know the Lord, if you experience the Lord, you know there is such a thing called active-passive actually many many expressions in the bible are expressed in this way when you pray according to like ephesians 3 strengthen me god right you, you pray strengthen me god but that's not what paul how paul prayed paul says what father grant me to be strengthened you know it's different than asking god strengthen me he says father grant me to be strengthened we need to be strengthened. That is passive, right? It's, it's to be strengthened. We need to be strengthened. But it is an active passive. God wants to strengthen you, but do you allow him to strengthen you? We need to be strengthened. And Paul also says we need to be empowered. Don't just say empower me. We need to be be empowered. So as we pray to the Lord, right, that... uh Something we, we cannot do anything in ourselves, but we have to be. Let the triune God that He does what He wants, but we, as we respond to Him, we actively passive to allow Him to do what He pleases in us. This is the secret of experiencing and enjoying the Lord be actively passive. Don't be actively active. That's too bad. That's, that's terrible. Neither be passively passive. Be actively passive. Okay. Now, let's come to the point four. The central goal of prayer is for God to have a glorious church. Our prayer, the central goal is not just to pray for the sick, pray for the ones who lost the job, pray for the, uh, this one uh, needy ones, that one needy situation. The goal, the central goal of prayer is for God to gain a glorious church. This prayer is according to the ministry of the age and the vision of the age. The vision of the age reveals to us God's eternal purpose, what God desires to gain. Not just redeem sinners, but also through dispensing himself into man, to be man's life, to be man's everything, that man can be built up together to become God's expression. This is the body of Christ today and ultimately the new Jerusalem. This is what the vision of the age presents to us. And it's through the ministry of the age we are shown what is in God's heart. This vision matches what God is doing in this age. God must gain the church. We are not here doing evangelical work. We are not doing a kind of a campus work, a kind of a student work. We are here to carry out the ministry of the age under the vision of the age, for the triune God to gain an organism, the body of Christ, to be his expression, to represent him, express him in the universe. And for this, there has to be a prayer that will, uh, that will, that will correspond to this, to utter forth such a vision through such a ministry. Brother Lee calls this the prayer of the age. The prayer that will reflect what God is doing in this age for him to gain the glorious church that he is after. Number five, the prayer of the age is the prayer of the church as the body of Christ, the prayer that exercises the authority of Christ as the ascended Lord and head of the body for the fulfillment of God's economy. What is this prayer of the age? This prayer of the age is the prayer of the church as the body of Christ. We are praying not just as poor sinners, begging God to do this, help me this, help me that. We are here praying as the church, as the body of Christ, standing in oneness with our head, exercising the authority that he has given to us, praying forth what is on God's heart, ultimately to gain the church. That glorious church for his expression here A says there are two, there are two points in our practice of praying for the prayer of the age in order to pray the, prayer of the uh, to pray the prayer of the age for the fulfilling of God's economy, we must be people who live in ascension. Saints, when the Lord saved us, not only he cleansed us from our sins, according to Ephesians two He made us alive together with Him, right? That is to resurrect from the dead. But also, we are raised together. We are seated with Him in the heavenlies. This morning, we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. It's not only resurrected, it's ascended. Resurrection means life has swallowed up the death. We have been given life now. We are living now. But not only is living, we are now ascended. To be seated with Christ, where he is the Lord, he is the Christ, he is the owner, he is the one on the throne. My, this is opposition. To pray the prayer of the age, we have to see the matter of ascension. We are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. The ascension, actually you can add another uh, reference here, Song of Songs, chapter 4, verse 8. The, 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 belief, the seeker was one with the beloved from mount lebanon looking down uh uh to the valley she was one with christ in lebanon that signifies ascension that that the high mountain where she and and her beloved are one in exercising the prayer in dealing with the enemy with the leopards with the uh in the mountain imana in the uh, uh, seigneur okay You can read that. But anyway, and also the footnotes of that is very helpful. So, to pray the prayer of the age, we need to know our position is in ascension. The ascension of Christ indicates that the entire work of redemption has been completely accomplished. Hallelujah! It's done! The, The redemptive work of Christ is finished. And number two, we need to see the heavenly fact that Christ has been exalted by God, established as the Lord of the universe, And made head over all things to the church. All things are under the feet, his feet. And everything he has obtained and attained is being transmitted to the church, which is his body. Today, saints, whenever we come to pray, whether even individually or corporately, we must have this realization we are in his ascension. We are one with this glorious head, who is the head over all things to the church. So we, cannot, we should not be praying as beggars, begging God to give me this, do this, and do that. We are praying from ascension, from the high position. Now we need to, in point B, we need to see the authority of the church as the body of Christ. Secondly, we need to see not only in we are in ascension with him, one with this universal administrator, the highest authority, but also we are part of him. We are the body of this head exercising his authority. Number one says the authority of the body is the authority of the head exercised by the body. Thus, the authority of the body is the authority of the head. In Matthew 28, the Lord told his disciples, all authorities of heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore, disciple the nations. So, when the disciples were sent, they were exercising that authority given by the head, now is given to the body. Saints on the church, as the church on the earth today, we have to realize we have authority of the head. We are not just another Christian group. We are not just merely sinners saved by grace. We are the body of this head. Given the authority of this head, exercising his authority to bind and to loose what the head has bound and loosed. Number two, in this kind of prayer, we do not beg the Lord to do something for us. Instead, we claim. It is already ours. The victory is already won. We claim. We claim Boston. We claim MIT. We claim Harvard. We claim BU. We claim UMass. We claim Wellesley. We claim BC. Claim it. Don't beg for it, because it's ours already. We are joined in oneness with the uh, glorious ascended head, exercising the authority of him as our authority. Claim, learn to claim by faith. To fully enter into this kind of prayer and be able to exercise the authority given by the, to the body, there are two things that we must realize. Little A, we must realize that we are members of the body And we must live, act, and move in the body. That means, brothers and sisters, we need to be right with the body. If you have any kind of offense, any kind of unforgiven offenses, any kind of distance, not able for you to be in fellowship with the members of the body, then you cannot pray this kind of prayer. To pray this kind of prayer, we need to be in the position of the body we are one we are connected to all the saints we are members of one another right we are standing in the position not as an individual christian begging god to do something but standing in the position as his body his representation on the earth so here we must be right rightfully connected related to all the members of the body you must put put aside all the offenses all the, diff, all, the, all the conflicts, we must allow the blood to cleanse us, cover us, to restore any kind of broken relationship, that we may be standing on the position of the body to exercise the authority of the head. And then little B, in our daily life, we must always put off the old man and put on the new man by being renewed in the spirit of our mind. The new man is composed of the head with the body, Christ with the church. Not only are we standing in the position of the body of Christ, but also we are in the new man. In the new man we have Christ as our person. Not only are we connected with one another as as fellow members in life, but also we are under Christ's headship. We We have Christ as our person. In the new man every day putting off the old man. Not to take yourself, your old life as your person. Taking Christ as the unique person. That we are here, brothers and sisters, not only as the body of Christ, but as the new man. The one new man. The fulfillment of God's original intention of gaining the man that he created. But now it is finally realized, fulfilled in the one new man that Christ created on the cross and is being worked out today. All over the earth. So many thousands of churches, millions of believers, but still just one new man, Amen. with Christ as the unique person. How about let's all read this point C together? Okay, this is a quotation from my brother's word. Read. We. When he came to this country in 1962, he spent three weeks in prayer with two other brothers on their knees every morning for three or four hours. That led to the first conference he held in this country on the all inclusive Christ. They prayed for three weeks on their knees. I believe they were in ascension with Christ. As he testified, the prayer was coming forth was just nonstop can you imagine just three brothers praying about 3 4 hours a, in a day how can there's so much to pray for but he said there was just so much prayer it was just gushing out because there's so much in the triune god he wants to carry out that issued in the all inclusive prize conference and at the end of that conference he gave two little fellowship one fellowship was on the matter of knowing the times, as I touched on yesterday. And the second fellowship was on the prayer of the age. And after that, he said, then the door of this country was open. He, he got invitations. He traveled all over from coast to coast, all, the, all over the place. The Lord began to open door, bringing seekers, bringing very key ones, one by one added to the church, to bring, attracted to the ministry. the door door of the Lord's move in this country was open through that prayer. And saints, I don't know, how the the leading brothers here will fellowship, how the Lord, I just, in in my spirit, I sense we need a time of prayer. And not just a set time, not just a kind of designated time. We need a spirit of prayer to be stirred up in our midst by twos and threes, by small groups, by church, we need to, the Lord has to give us a way to come together. We need to, through our prayer, to render the Lord the top cooperation, to give him a way. And let's pray, maybe for one week. I'm not saying three weeks is the, is the period. Or, you know, the believers prayed in Jerusalem for ten days. But there needs to be a time, there needs to be some intense prayer among us. And to restore that spirit of prayer among us. We don't want to just say, oh, Tuesday night I come on time to pray. That's not good enough. Even when you come to pray, don't wait for to, be, to be told what to pray for. There should be a, pray, a praying spirit within us, ready to utter forth what the triune God wants to do. So anyway, um, pray concerning this matter. See how the, the Lord leads the brothers. But I sense that we need some definite, intense prayer to open ourselves to the Lord to inquire of the Lord, to see what he wants to do. Maybe I'm sorry, I went, you know, I just uh, have to take this extra time, but if you do, if you would have a little bit more, more mercy to stay, another 10 more minutes or so, 15 minutes, that so we can maybe end by 12, 15, to have allowed some saints to respond, alright? We, we need your response, okay? Let's uh, keep it to no more than one minute, no more than one minute, okay? If the piano can help us, so that... Uh, since I believe there's something on your heart you want to say. So please uh, redeem the time, don't waste any time, okay? Anyone? Anyway.